Welcome to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and on this show, three new films take center stage. The all-female version of Ghostbusters, and from Breaking Bad to The Infiltrator, another great performance from Brian Cranston, and a very smart little movie about a strange Pacific Northwest family. The film is called Captain Fantastic. And I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. I'll be pairing wine with Gary's movie selections this week, and I've this has been a fun one to, to figure out. So what goes well with a Ghostbusters re- make? What would I pair with an undercover cop movie starring Brian Cranston? And how do you pair a Viggo Mortensen, weird dad, Swiss Family Robinson-esque kind of film uh, with a great wine? You're going to find out today on A Perfect Pairing. Okay, let's talk about this Ghostbusters film. So I've seen it, Haley, you have not. So uh, there's all this backlash going into this movie on certain websites because it's an all-female cast and don't remake Ghostbusters and don't do this and all that stuff. And I just ignore all of that because a good film's a good film. I'm not seeing Ghostbusters, you know, with, uh, with, with, with all these, new, with this new cast. Uh, who is it? Melissa, Melissa McCarthy, McCarthy and Kristen Wiig and Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> as well, the, it's good to have a little eye candy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and he totally is eye candy because he's dumb as a box of rocks in this movie. And I'm going to tell you right up front that they're very funny. I think this is a very funny film. For about an hour out of the hour and a half that it runs, and it becomes, you have to kind of think with Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig, they kind of they kind of get it. Well, she's been making a number of films with the same director, and I and I I, I find him kind of fascinating. It's Paul Feig or Paul Fig, and he did Bridesmaids, which I think is the best of all of her films. Yeah. But that was an ensemble film too. And then he started directing. You know, Spy came along, and and these Melissa. Melissa McCarthy. Did you ever see Spy? Headliner? I, I did, actually. I thought it was really funny. It's, it's actually kind of funny. Yeah. And I say funny, I'm saying it's, it's not silly. the greatest movie ever made, but it is just kind of funny. And and these girls are actually really, really good together. There's a lot of chemistry together. So I giggled a lot. I laughed out loud about 10 times watching the first hour of Ghostbusters. And then when they start into really fighting all the stuff in the middle of Times Square, it's like a big, huge, giant, stave puff marshmallow movie. <laughs> Also, I'm going to say this before we get into wine a little bit, but Dan Aykroyd and uh, Bill Murray and Ernie Hudson and Sigourney Weaver and Annie Potts are all in this film. That's so fun. In tiny little cameos, and I'm not going to tell you where, but when they pop in, you kind of like it. It's awesome. Yeah, it is It is kind of neat. Usually when they do that, it's kind of a, a, a corny moment in the movie, but in this movie, it works. I trust this director. I think, the, I think Paul Feig is... Or Paul Fig, I don't know how to say his name, is really smart about comedy and his timing's really good. So I'm saying it's a good B, it's a good laugh. It's not it's not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's really kind of a remake with women rather than the same guys. Well, and it seems because sometimes these ensemble films are they they don't they are not very good. I mean, I think it's They're kind not. of like what we've seen, like Love Actually, and as far as romantic comedies, was a fantastic kind of ensemble film. And, and then, everybody's been trying to remake and, that film and for and years. And they're never, they're, you can never remake that. And so, yeah. um, and it seems that it's kind of fun when yeah. you see these kind of strong female-led uh, women or female-led movies that that do kind of get it and, and seem to work really well together. I think Bridesmaids is a, a great example of that. I think the movie's kind of a kind of a kind of a hit. It's yeah. a huge film. It's a hundred and fifty million dollar movie. I hope it's a hit for him then. <laughs> but it's Ghostbusters twenty sixteen all female cast. I think it's funny. That's awesome. So I'm thinking wine. Okay. So <laughs> and and thinking about this, so I thought of, of ghosts and kind of maybe 
um, sparkly creatures. So I, <laughs> I think you pair it with a sparkling wine. Wow. And so I'm going to recommend drinking a good glass of Domaine Carneros, um, Tatinger's property in the Carneros region of California. There, as it's an all-female cast, their their winemaker, who has been with the property since it was founded, is Eileen Crane. That she's known as the Doyen of of sparkling wine production in California. Um, all traditional method from the sustainably grown vineyards in the Carneros region. Um, traditional method basically means like they do it in Champagne, though it's being made in California. Um, second fermentation takes place in the bottle, so um, each of their wines have a, a great. Um, there's great texture to these wines. There's really nice kind of depth when you age uh, sparkling wines on the yeast, essentially in the bottle. You get that kind of yeasty brioche, kind of toasted brioche um, flavor that I think is really, really. Um, it's rich and lovely, and and a beautiful wine to drink kind of any time of day. I, it always is so frustrating to me when I hear people say that they only drink sparkling wine with. With it on a special occasion, or they are only pulling champagne out on on you know their their festive New Year's Eve because I think any day is is a great day for a bubble, and I always recommend to look for that that traditional method or method champenois on the bottle because that will um, indicate that it's how they make it in France. A couple from Domaine Carneros that I love: they're Le Reve Blanc de Blanc. It's 100% Chardonnay um, from the the wineries, uh, their finest kind of um, highest end sparkling wine. Um, Le Reve is French for the dream, and and it's nice and rich and and creamy and like I said, the brioche and the toasted almonds. Another one that I have a palate that likes kind of an old world style. That um, is also very crisp and dry and and very very um, low dosage. They say um, kind of a, a term that basically means there's not a lot of additional sugar added to the wine um, after um, right before they 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 cork it and, mm-hmm. and send it out um, into the marketplace. And it's their Domaine Carneros Extra Brut. It's it's racy and it's high acid and it's really really lively and crisp. And clean, and it's just, I just love both of those wines. And they're both available on on the Domaine Carneros website. You know what I love what you just said? This is so perfect. Kind of a toasted marshmallow brioche. (laughs) Brioche. (laughs) Because they toasted the marshmallow man in the first one. (laughs) Plus the idea of uh, drinking a bubbly with this film really appeals to me. It's Mm -hmm. that, because it kind of celebrates... You know, this, now I'm going to say it again, this knock that it's an all-female cast and all these guys out there with these websites saying, I'm not going to go see this movie. They're all wrong. They're all wrong. There's really great female winemakers. Absolutely. There's, there's incredible female winemakers. great female actresses, yeah. as we know. And there's really good, really good, great female directors. There's less directors, but they're there. Kind of like less winemakers, but they're there and you just have to find them. And especially when one is producing such high quality both, I think, in film and and in wine. That's what's so exciting. And you know, it's sad that we still live in a, a world that you you that something that is an all female or a female run something has to be kind of recognized that it's not just a part of 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 every day. Um, that's a, I wish that it was. I wish that, a, you know, equal pay for women and all of that. But I won't get on my my, <laughs> my soapbox. <laughs> well, the, but these girls, these actresses are all on it. Yeah. They, they've all been on it for a, lo- a, a long time. And they're Absolutely. out there. And, and I think that's going to happen. I think we're at least moving towards that. So, yeah. So, good sparkling wine. Yeah. 
and What's, Ghostbusters, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it, which actually works. Not the movie of the year, but it works. Love so it. when we come back on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, we're going to talk about two more films, both of them I think quite good, paired with two more wines. And I must admit, when I think of Brian Cranston, I think of Merlot. We are back talking wine and film on A Perfect Pairing, and I think it's kind of fun to pair a good film with a good wine. And Haley, I'm going to throw out a film right now that I think halfway through while I was watching it uh, about a week ago, I thought this is the best film I've seen all year. Wow. I didn't, I don't think that film ended up that good all the way through, but man, it's Burst one of the out. five best. Yeah. And it's called The Infiltrator, and it's, uh, it's Brian Cranston, who plays a real-life federal agent, and it's back in 1986. And he goes undercover. He's a family guy. He's got a kid at home and a wife, and they're kind of normal, and they live in their little Formica kitchen. But he's an, he's a federal guy, and he goes undercover to infiltrate the trafficking network of, of Colombian drug kingpin uh, Pablo Escobar. Wow. And so it becomes this very scary movie. And he's got a buddy. He's got a sidekick, a cop played by John Leguizamo. I think it's the I best love. thing I've ever seen him do on film. And wow. he's, he's been in films my whole <laughs> yeah, career. Absolutely. And, and he's a great stage actor. But this, it's one of those true stories, Haley, where you're watching a movie and you go, you can't make this stuff up because what happened and how scary it was and all the, all, and, and how it all ended up. And I, don't, I just don't want to give away the ending, but it, it really happened in 86. It ended up being one of the largest drug busts in the history, uh, uh of the feds. And I mean, going back and forth from Mexico to here and, and he's in with all of them and you just know somebody's going to find out and it, it, it doesn't look good. So it's directed by Brad Furman and Brad Furman directed Lincoln Lawyer with Matthew McConaughey, which was actually a pretty good little phone. And I, uh, but I'm, I'm going to say this about Brian Cranston. I start talking about actors and I want to say Daniel Day Lewis. I want to say Leonardo DiCaprio. And now in, in that breath, Tom Hanks. I want to start throwing Brian Cranston. That, in wow, there. that's impressive. It is, it, it is, and I and he was so good in Trumbo last year, nominated for an Oscar. Uh, he's so great in Breaking Bad, but I think now he's getting the chance. To, you know, he's LBJ and won a Tony on Broadway. This guy is this guy is an infiltrator. He just is a chameleon as an actor to me. But this is one of his best parts. This may be the best part for him in a film so far. And I just look at him, and I, I just kind of go crazy and think it's great. It's a great That's film. So, and it's yeah. interesting because he's not a spring chicken. He's been, he's definitely no. been around for for yeah. a while, and now and he's known seems, as a good guy too. Yeah. yeah, and it seems like he really is kind of getting some really really great parts lately. Yeah, yeah. So thanks, thanks to um, AMC and Breaking Bad for <laughs> for all they did for him. Wow, Breaking Bad changed his life. It really did. Just, you know, him and his little tidy whities <laughs> <laughs> Mixing meth in his trailer, and next thing you know, he's he's an undercover tr- cop, d- drug cop guy in 1986. So if I'm thinking the infiltrator, what wine are you thinking? So I'm trying. I in coming up with a wine to pair with the kind of twists and turns, and a wine that maybe you don't really know what to expect, and then you're quite surprised. I'm going to throw a Merlot out there, and I think Merlot has gotten a, a kind of bad rap in recent years, but Merlot is this really 
luscious and beautiful wine that I do think is is rather misunderstood. I um, while you were seeing both of these films, I was actually in France or I was in Italy last week with French winemaker Pierre Silon, who is the winemaker for our um, Arcanum and Valadorna. And Valadorna is his Merlot-based wine. He's also the uh, winemaker for Verite. And Sonoma, yeah, and Chateau Lasagne and um, Saint Emilion in France, in the Bordeaux region of France, and the he loves Cabernet Franc and he loves Merlot, and and the Merlot that he he is producing, especially the Valadorna in Italy. Um, it's not, you think it's in the Tuscany region and you think Sangiovese, and they certainly do make um, a Sangiovese based um, Chianti Classico wine. But the the Merlot is such a, a a rich and distinct and and an impressive wine because it 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 is soft it is subtle it does have um, it's often blended into the kind of right, traditional Bordeaux and then and then some of the the kind of more uh, like Napa Valley Cabernet yeah. might have a little bit of well in Merlot Europe in it's it. a very important wine well because you. It's needed because it's it's soft and it rounds things out. But it's also something that, upon release, it's going to be nice and and f- rich and luscious and fruity. And then it might kind of it it, it kind of um, falls a little bit flat for a couple years. So that's it's it's definitely a wine that that you can age because then after maybe five or six years of bottle age in the bottle, it just explodes with with earthiness and richness and texture and this dried plum and 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 it's grown in these very clay rich and, and limestone soils that also add this great minerality and this great depth and and concentration to the wine. And Pierre is just such a he's such a gifted winemaker and he's actually celebrating his 50th vintage this year. So he's been doing this for quite a while for um quite a long time both in the Loire that that kind of was his where he fell in love with Cabernet Franc that's also a little bit of a misunderstood grape um and and then in Bordeaux for 20 years um working at various chateaux particularly on the right bank Bordeaux style and and when you think of of Merlot and and you think of great Bordeaux, some people automatically just kind of think, oh, that's going to be your Cabernet. But if you think, you know, like Cheval Blanc and Fijac and, and Angelus and, and the wineries of Saint Emilion and, and of Pomerol, these are incredible wines that benefit from kind of the cool, um, well, the cool region, uh, the cool right bank side of, of Bordeaux with these clay filled soils. So it, traps um it traps moisture it traps heat it it allows the the merlot to kind of get as ripe as as it needs to be and it's also kind of a young um it's it's a a variety that you harvest rather young so um it it kind of takes on all of the nuances of of the of the season without um needing with you always know it's going to get nice and ripe that's kind of the thing so it doesn't have to have um as long of a kind of hang time to develop its flavors it's they're just they're just beautiful i i was so it was such a a pleasure to drink these wines with pierre because you really really understood who he was by the you know telling the story of the of the wines through uh, through the vineyards and and just really really beautiful lots of plum and kind of florist floor, woody herb notes, and the Valadorna. 
yeah. I'm going to say this again. Italy's not a bad place. <laughs> when I, it sounds wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I go with you sometime? Yes. <laughs> when I think of Brian Cranston, I think of Merlot. Nice. And I like that. Can I throw another movie at you real quick? Yes. Okay, it's the Pacific Northwest. There's a father devoted to raising his six kids. Um, they're intellectually stimulated all the time. They grow their own food. The movie is called Captain Fantastic, and Viggo Mortensen's the dad. And, oh my gosh, this film is a weird little art film about living in the forest and then coming back into civilization, and the kids have no social skills, and they don't know what to do. I, I love this little movie. It's directed by Matt Ross, who's a, who's an actor on Silicon Valley, on the, on the HBO mm-hmm, series. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking Pacific Northwest. I'm thinking these guys are out there. Um, when we come back, will you pair a wine with that? Absolutely. Because I love that idea. When we come back on A Perfect Pairing, I, I have some questions for Haley. She has some for me. We'll explore a wine that's the perfect pairing with Captain Fantastic. <laughs> Welcome back to A Perfect Pairing. It's the part of the podcast where we ask each other questions. But before we get into the questions, I brought up a movie called Captain Fantastic with Viggo Mortensen. He's a survivalist. He's in the Pacific Northwest. They live in the woods. They hunt for their own stuff. They cook their own food. They've never been to a restaurant or watched television. The kids read every book. They're brilliant, but they have no social skills, and they come out into the world. I love this little movie, but it's weird. It's very odd and weird. I don't know if these are necessarily weird, but I do think they go with the um, kind of living a rugged lifestyle um, kind of 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 film. So I would say if you're going to have a a celebration of the earth that um, hopefully Captain America did with his family living Captain in the Fantastic. Sorry. And that's exactly what they do. They celebrate the earth. I mean they celebrate it by you know the food and and the animals that live there and themselves taking care of the earth. Sorry about that. Captain Fantastic. Yeah. Then I would say a nice organic or sustainably farmed or biodynamic wine, which basically is a... Perfect. A, a, it's perfect. A, a, you know, there's so many winemakers that that have, and so many vintners that have, have gone green. And, and basically, it's not only because they don't want to use pesticides on their vineyards, but a, a lot of it is because they're... they're Farm workers are they're, are in the vineyards. Their children are playing in the vineyards. They don't want to have that the the pesticides have their kids exposed to it. Additionally, even though you you say it doesn't, you know the pesticides don't penetrate into the grapes, but inevitably they do. And so, if you're really wanting to to create a, a wine that tastes exactly like the soil and the land that it was grown in, then you'll you'll farm sustainably or you'll farm organic or you'll take it even further and farm biodynamically. A couple that we love, um, Vineyard 29, uh, Stoller up in, in Willamette Valley, Vineyard yes. 29 in Napa. Um, I, I remember speaking with the winemaker from from Newton up in on Spring Mountain in Napa Valley, and, and that was kind of his whole thing. He's saying his children run through these these vineyards, so he doesn't want his kids exposed to it, and he doesn't want the people that work at the vines exposed to it. Um, there are a couple also, you know, if you ever drink a, an Assertico from Santorini, they are, have always been, the, the regions never had phylloxera, which is a disease that killed the, the, many of the vines throughout Europe and actually the, the whole world. And, um, 
so they've never, because they're on this the island of Santorini, the, their Sertico vines have never had any kind, have never needed to have any kind of pest, pesticides or anything. They've never been subject, subjected to phylloxera. So a Sertico from Santorini, Sigalis is one that I love. Liam Baral, I brought up a couple weeks ago, that is takes biodynamic farming almost to uh, the 10th degree because he is so clean and so completely celebrating the earth that that his vineyards are are grown in. Um, Triana and Hope Family Wines also a couple good ones from Paso Robles, really affordable, but but farmed. They're SIP certified, so so kind of a good um, celebration of of the land and That's what they the, do. That is the perfect wine for Captain Fantastic, and and you know why? In the movie, they drink wine that they make. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, is it dizzy? I'm not sure it's very good say, because they're not winemakers. <laughs> but man, it's a it's a really interesting little film. Yeah. Okay, uh, I assume that you have a question for me. I do. Okay, okay. so in in speaking about Captain Fantastic. Yeah. I, with your growing up in Portland and 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 fishing and yeah. and camping and all over Oregon as you as you did as a child as we drove through um, all of the the eastern part of Oregon going down to Crater Lake is is there ever did you ever fantasize about just staying and living in the woods and and kind of being a part of of nature like Captain Fantastic? Yes, <laughs> and I did it a lot, and I did it as a child a lot, and I still do it every once in a while as an adult. Of course, Into the Wild, John Crack. Iris book is the tragic example of, hey, I have this fantasy and I'm going to go live off the land. And he goes into, uh, ended up being a, a film directed by Sean Penn, but he ends up going into the wilderness and killing himself. But there was a little movie when I was a little kid called My Side of the Mountain. And I, and I saw this movie five times and fantasized about it. A little kid, 12, gets mad at his parents and he's in Canada and he goes off into the, into the mountains and he's a missing kid. So it's oh. a serious story, and he spends all of the uh, fall and the winter by himself, and, and he builds a fort, and he lives there, and he, I mean, it's, and I fantasize about that. You wanted to be that. that little kid. Well, I did up <laughs> until the point when it got really hard, and my parents weren't around, and I couldn't take a bath. So, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yes, my side of the mountain, it was it was a big thing, and I think we all kind of do about getting away and getting off the grid. But, you know, some of us do. But I, I do. I, I find that very fascinating. I just know that if you're going to be dumb about it, it'll probably end up killing you. And it's probably not a good thing. Okay, I have a, I have a question for you. Uh, have you ever wanted to stop writing about wine and actually go, just go make your own wine? Absolutely. You I think, well, yeah, I, I'm as excited about that as, as you. Um, I. I, I think that that would be something. I don't know that I would ever want to actually have the process. I don't. I'm not. A, I don't have a chemistry brain, and that's though. Though most people think winemaking is just this romantic thing. Um, I would go out and, and work the vines. I, I I'm not afraid of that. I just don't know if my the chemistry that's involved that my little brain could could wrap my head around that. But but I think that would be really exciting. I would love to have a. Uh, a Cogill wine from Hamilton Vineyard. I think that would be really cool. You know what? I, I really believe this. Just being around you in vineyards and being around winemakers with you and and, and vineyards, I, I think you'll get a chance to do that someday. I think that'd be a really, really cool. Okay, here's here's a question about Merlot because you talked about Merlot. I, I assume Merlot gets a bad rap just because of the movie Sideways. Well, I think that when Sideways was made – Merlot had gone through a a very difficult time, and that's why I kind of prefaced my comments about Merlot as kind of the high end. Think of 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 some of the better producers because there there was a lot of at the time that Sideways was made, there was a lot of Merlot that was that was out in the marketplace that 
that wasn't wasn't being produced with with very high standards and I won't name any names but you know it was just kind of this jolly rancher kind of grape juice kind of kind of wine and but your your right bank bordeaux hopefully are not going to be that and 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 you'll know there are great producers that are that are doing great Merlot. You know, Leonetti was one of the the first in Walla Walla that that really put great Merlot on on the map. Schaefer in Napa Valley, incredible. Merlot. And they can get pricey. And there, yeah, exactly. They because, get over a hundred dollars on and, some of them. And I think that that's also people are sometimes the the general public is is okay paying over a hundred dollars for a bottle of Cab, but they want it for a bottle of Merlot when. They're the same kind of it's it's the same kind of grape. It's it's you know, grapes are grapes and, and the process to, to grow Merlot is exactly the same as the process to grow cab. So Wow. Wow. Isn't that fun? See, yeah. I, I love the conversation today because I, I really now cannot think of Brian Cranston without thinking about Merlot. <laughs> and you know, we've had glasses of Merlot and that we incredible love. Merlot. They're just really good wines. It's good stuff. Hey everybody listening, that's it for wine and film a perfect pairing. Next time Woody Allen has a new 1930s Hollywood film. It's called Cafe Society. And also Star Trek returns to the big screen and Star Trek Beyond. Thanks, Gary. So if you'd like some more information on the films or the wines we discussed, check out our Perfect Pairing blog on our uh, Cogill Consulting website. Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill and me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallison Court. We hope you join us next time. With that, I'm Gary Cogill, and as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Please join us next time on A Perfect Pairing.